There's that hospital the Firefly mentioned. This is where we get off. We finish what we started. Welcome to the Fireflies. Let me see her, please. She's being prepped for surgery. I knew her since she was born. I promised her mother I would look after her. Where was the operating room? There's no halfway with this. After all we've been through. It can't be for nothing. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Toure. And Derek Wong. So this week we're wrapping up our season one coverage of HBO's The Last of Us, based on the hit video game of the same name. This is our final review episode for the series' first season, covering episodes eight and nine. Both episodes are directed by Ali Abbasi, who I'm personally a big fan of. He's directed this year's Iranian serial killer drama, Holy Spider, and 2018's fantasy drama, Border, which won the Uncertain Regard Prize at Cannes that year. Episode 8 is written once again by Craig Mazin, and Episode 9 is written by both Mazin and Neil Druckmann, who created the game. I gotta say, throughout this first season, since we're covering two episodes at a time, I watch one and I'm like, Okay, here we fucking go. We're finally getting to the place where I understand why Derek's so excited. <laughs> and then it goes and does something fucking stupid and lets oh, me no. down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I think it's funny that the one exception to this, where I thought both episodes were pretty good, was with episodes six and seven. And mm-hmm. seven was the episode that you were the most down on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Was funny. No, I, definitely the most down on no? was episode four, when we... First introduced Kathleen to get to Kansas City. I would say that. Oh, okay, okay. I would say I was most down on that one, but I just knew that a lot of people were really, I sound like a downer now. Like everyone was so excited about Seven. Not to say that it was a bad episode. Like I don't want people to think that was a bad episode. I just had expectations. And you thought the video game did it better. Yeah. And that's my own problem. (laughs) That's my own fault. But, oh, man, I'm excited to talk about this, but that makes me a little sad. But all right. (laughs) (laughs) Look, listen, it makes for a great conversation. I don't not like the show. I do like the show. I'm rooting for the show. I want it to get better. (laughs) I'm not rooting for the show. Fuck this show. No, I'm kidding. All right. Well, I guess we have a sense of what Jeff thinks of episode eight and episode nine. Amir, what did you think of these last two episodes? Eight didn't impress me. I am of two minds about eight, actually. But I actually quite like nine. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of in a reverse Game of Thrones situation here where it's like, can a good ending redeem or lift up a show because the ending is so good? You know, mm. I quite liked nine, actually. I don't know that it retroactively erases all the sins of the season or whatever. Got it. It's funny that you bring up Game of Thrones because I do think episode nine here is similar in the regard that in a vacuum, episode nine is good, but the lead up to it, I just want to say all the Joel stuff is unearned. I Mm. think it's as simple as that. I think with the finale, it's abundantly clear, to me at least, that both his ruthlessness and his love for Ellie are rushed and unearned. And unfortunately, that makes, like, the entire finale unearned. But I think the finale by itself is good. I think if all the stuff leading to it filled in the blanks like they wanted to, 
it would have made it so much better and would have hit a lot harder, I think. I get exactly what you're talking about. You never got in episodes one through eight to that point where nine was going to hit the way you wanted it to hit. Yeah. It makes sense, but it doesn't hit hard. So before these two episodes premiered, I was trying very hard not to talk about them. Even to you guys, I was trying not to set any kind of expectations for these two episodes because I knew these were the two potentially big episodes for this season. Mm -hmm. Not just in the relationship between Joel and Ellie, but also I knew episode eight was going to be the standout standalone episode for Ellie. Mm -hmm. Episode nine would be kind of episode for Joel. If it all worked out the way I thought maybe it could compared to the game. I think hearing what you're saying, Jeff, I will admit it is hard for me to separate out what I know of the game and having the sense that it works so well in the game. And then I don't know. I think it kind of bleeds into this show a little bit. Okay. So that's what I want to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. Because you're familiar with the games and we're not, like how much of the game's experience is filling in the blanks for this show where we don't get that same... Pieces of the games that can slot into the show and like fill in the connective tissue that we're like sorely lacking. Do you get that from the games? It's like bleeding together. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think for me, the point that I knew the Joel and Ellie relationship worked was after Ellie kills David, right? That you're was talking the about moment. the game or the show? The game. Let's talk about the game, right? That was where that relationship became very clear to me and absolutely endeared me to these two characters, right? The moment where, you know, Ellie is forced to do this horrendous thing and then Joel is there to, like, pull her back from that a little bit. The embrace, the way he says baby girl in that scene. Mm -hmm. It's no longer winter. They've made their way to Utah. And you could definitely see that these two characters have changed, right, from that moment. You know, Ellie is definitely not as bubbly she was Mm -hmm. in the first what 15 hours of the game or or so or whatever it was and then joel is much more open about his relationship with sarah about you know how he himself is trying to fill what seems to be lost in ellie at the moment i want to teach you guitar you know and all that kind of stuff so all of that near the end of the game is where it worked for me and i will say i think on the show it does still work for me the scene at the end of eight when again he embraces Bella Ramsey's Ellie, that was it. Mm-hmm. Let's dive a little bit into these episodes, see how we get to that point, right? Because we're kind of rushing ahead to the end of episode eight. Mm-hmm. Like I said, episode eight is a standalone, mostly standalone episode for Ellie. And just like the game, it shifts, right? This is the point in the game where you play Ellie. Um, you don't play Ellie for much in the game, but this is the point, right? Joel is injured. Ellie becomes the protagonist. There's like a hunting scene that you play in the game, like what we see in the beginning of this episode. You know, you have to deal with David and his cult. And you do it all without really Joel's help in the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wanted to start off first talking to you guys. So what did you guys think of David and his group? It's a little archetype in a post-apocalyptic world of the group that is the cannibals, right? I mean, I I feel like that's something that's really heavily used in a lot of post-apocalyptic stories, whether it be like zombies or just... I think the cannibalism is pretty telegraphed. Mm -hmm. Anytime you focus on meat for a little too long on a show like this, (laughs) that shit is fucking people, all right? Especially if it's like post-apocalyptic. Come on, you're, you're focusing a little too much on the meat. Where you say it's like venison or deer meat, it's like, come on, man. A little too many shots of the meat there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But all joking aside, I think the thing with David and probably with a video game too, I'm not sure. The big through line for this show is that there are no real good or 
bad guys in this world. Mm-hmm. But the show loves to, like, just push the people that are the antagonists just a little too far onto the other side where you're like, okay, well, these people are fucking bad. I understand this community that's, like, starving and they need to eat. So, like, they resort to cannibalism. That's very relatable and very sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I get that. That's some yellow jacket shit, right? Yeah, that's like, some yellow yeah. jacket shit. But then he had to become, like, a pedophile rapist. Like, all right, man. Like, you didn't really need to put the finger on the scale in that regard. He also worships cordyceps and isn't a real preacher. And, like, he smacks that girl in the face. It's just, ugh, they added on too many layers of evil to this mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, I agree yeah, with yeah. you, Jeff. I do wish there were more people who were just people and not, I don't know, video game enemies, right? Like, where you could just kill with impunity. Like, the Raiders. But Kathleen was the same way, too, right? She had very sympathetic goals, this revolt against Fedra, this oppressive regime, but then they painted her like a psychotic cartoon villain in the end, you know what I mean? Like, when they didn't actually need to do that, it would have been way more effective if they just shaded her a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. But everything aside, I did like 8 a lot, actually. I know, Amir, you're a little cooler on it. Mm-hmm. I, I no. did like 8 other than how they painted the cannibal cult. <laughs> Let me talk about David a little bit more, though. Like, compared to the game, and I feel like this show, I don't know. I didn't get that sense they were trying to make David seem like a good guy. Not in this episode. I don't know if they were painting David kind of like Kathleen. But maybe, again, this is me being influenced by the game but like in the game he's a bad guy there's a point in the game where you play ellie he comes along and you don't know if you could trust him yet and like he builds trust with you but it quickly goes away and you know this guy is evil it becomes more and more clear how evil he is in the game too where he reveals himself as a cannibalist and he reveals himself as this creepy guy that kind of wants ellie i I feel like that's kind of how it played out in the show and i don't know maybe i didn't read it like that where they were trying to paint him as good because, I mean, pretty early on, he backhands that little girl. So it's like, oh, okay, at least they're not trying to make him seem like a good guy. But it seems like you kind of read it differently, Jeff. I don't know. Maybe I just think in general, it would be more interesting if they weren't painted as villains, like either in the video game mm-hmm. or in the show, right? I think in a game, maybe you need those enemies because it's an action video game. You need people to shoot. Or things to shoot or whatever that aren't just zombies. So I guess you have to have human antagonists. But I agree. If you're going to have an antagonist make them human, maybe give them some depth. I agree with you. I wish that they would either have made the villains in the show either more human or less human. Right? Like, Mm. if you're going to do a cannibal pedophile cult of cordyceps worshippers, you're hitting... you put it like that, it's a little ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) You're hitting every cliche in the book. But, like, if you're going to do that... Then do it. Let's see them fucking praying to like a giant fungus in the basement. You know, let's have them like hauling people off screaming and eating them. You know, like if you're going to do that shit, which is horrific shit, let's see it. Like let's make it fucking gory and hardcore Mm. and real. If you're going to introduce all this shit, then like either like lean into it or don't do it and let them be people. But like now I've got cannibals without the like visceral thrill of having cannibals. They're just like cannibals. Like, oh yeah, they. Ate the, you know, the meat that was people. Uh, who cares? I don't know if I totally miss this in the game, but I think it's an addition, this whole him worshipping cordyceps. So, mm. like, that was a weird addition to me. And I will admit that doesn't fit this character to me. So, I think it could have been cool. 
Um, and I'll tell you how. Uh, have you guys ever read Hellboy or you know about Hellboy? Yeah. yeah I, I know of so, Hellboy, yeah. All right. So it's like this comic about a guy who's a demon whose prophesied fate is that he's going to end the world. And he's going to summon these evil entities from outer space that are going to kind of destroy the Earth and end the Age of Man, give rise to like a race of new creatures or whatever, and mankind is going to be finished. And so you've got these cults in the Hellboy universe of people who like worship these evil outer space entities, and they're incredibly weird and creepy. And I love that kind of shit. And, like that could have been cool if you'd leaned into it. Mm. I guess it all spurs from. Lovecraft, you know, like the Lovecraftian cults of things that worship Cthulhu or whatever. Like, if you did that, like, that's a cool way to do a cordyceps worshipping guy. But they just kind of threw it in as like an, oh, by the way, he also worships cordyceps. Like, Wait, what the fuck? Hold yeah. on. That's like a whole episode where you discover, yeah, yeah. like, a town where they worship the fungus. Like, that's an cool. incredibly cool fucking concept if you did it. But it's like they didn't do it. They just kind of threw it in there. It's like, oh, by the way, you also went. Or like, and I, and I feel the same thing about the cannibalism. Like, if you're going to do a cannibal cult, like, let's do a cannibal cult and have it be the cannibal cult episode. Instead like of they're like. They're all cool with eating people. Like, that's what yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they did a little better with a cannibal side of things where they have like the bodies strung up and they're all mm-hmm. fucking butchered. That was pretty effective. Yeah, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Look, but it feels like they didn't, I don't know. Yeah. They're just cramming a whole bunch of evil shit into this one character of David. And then like the rest of the town isn't even evil. They're just like normal people who have a pedophile fake Christian cordyceps worshiping cannibal as their leader. And they're <laughs> just all cool with it. like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, it does seem like it's a bunch of people that follow David, but David's really the only bad person, right? Yeah, like he's awful, and then like uh, maybe some of his lieutenants who know about the cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. I James, feel like right? the goons are pretty shitty too. So like the whole thing is that I feel like if they shaded those characters as more sympathetic, you understand why they're eating each other and like why they're cannibals. And you don't make them outright villains, and they're just people doing what they need to do to survive. It makes Joel's interrogations and executions that much more ruthless, and that ramps into episode nine way more nicely, Absolutely. too. Don't yeah. you think so? Because, like, yeah, 100%. These goons are so, like, antagonistic, unsympathetic, so that, like, when Joel kills them, you're like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. I feel like it's better if you don't feel that way, right? It's- yeah, you, you want to feel bad that he, like, murdered a member of their town, right? Yeah. The dude he kills a couple episodes ago in the university or whatever. But that guy doesn't get to be a human because the script has him just randomly attack them. He's like just like a frothing at the mouth raider from like Mad Max or something like that. It's like, all right, is that how a human would act? Just like, oh, we're going to attack you out of nowhere. We're like frothing at the mouth crazy. Like, <laughs> dude, like oh, hey, dude, what's up? Oh, hey, yeah, uh, we're like we're from a town nearby. We're super hungry. Do you guys have any food? Do you guys have any – like, I don't know, just, like, attack Joel out of nowhere. And I don't know. Like, it's just – I know they're adapting something too, right? So there's only so much room they have, I guess. Yeah. But I just – I wish that they'd done more three-dimensional things. I'll say I was a little bit biased against something from the beginning because I sort of read a bad review from it early on. And so I kind of was already, <laughs> like, Ugh. I'm, like, against – not the entire show. I mean, this particular episode, episode eight. And the point it makes, I think uh, the review I read, I think is by Shanti Collins. He writes this review, and I think 
you know, he, he sums up as, okay, like, because the deck, and it's all stuff we've been talking about already, like, because the deck is so stacked against the antagonist to just pile on every single evil villain trait, it makes Joel's violence acceptable and okay. It makes Ellie's violence acceptable and okay. It's like the redemptive healing power of being violent. And it kind of stealthily promulgates a fascist ideology of just like your right to suspect anybody you run into in this world is good and acceptable to kill for those you love and you should in fact be willing to do so at the drop of a hat like it just seemingly props up these values that spoiler alerted it's going to try to invert in episode nine and it's just mm-hmm. like doesn't it's not challenging right I mean, his point is that it's actively pernicious. Like, this is bad and lazy um, and morally, like, incorrect. Um, so I guess we'll maybe, like, link to it in the show notes or something. But, like, yeah, I read this review and I was like, ugh, already kind of going in. Mm. <laughs> and, and it's not out of nowhere because, like, I think we're talking about these same kind of flaws ourselves. Even though I know you guys yeah. like the episode a lot more than I do. I, I know I'm talking a lot about it and shitting on it. But I think there were so many more interesting ways they could have gone with this. That said, I will give them credit for, like, the violence is pretty brutal. The torture is very, uh, very taken. The kills Ellie gets with the cleaver are pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That does hit. That does work. R.I.P. Troy Baker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think that's a cool little bit. He plays Joel in the games, right? He's the voice yeah. actor for Joel in the game. Mm-hmm. And I guess the motion cap actor, too? Yes. And, yeah, he has the little cameo as James, the second in command to David. Is this a thing now where... Voice actors from the game come into the show just to fucking die because it's happened like <laughs> a bunch of times and it happens in episode nine too. So. I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they're bringing these people in and I like that they get to contribute to the franchise in like this other medium too. I think it's cool that they're getting cameos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, do think I like that, that it's even more than just cameos. Jeffrey Pierce gets two episode art. They're actual like, characters. I wouldn't say they're yeah. like, maybe fully fleshed out, but they're yeah. more than cameos for sure. Just to get back to episode eight a little bit more, like I said at the top of the episode, you know, this was definitely a showcase for Bella Ramsey, mm-hmm. you know, their ability. I love the interrogations in the pen where she's super aggressive, but then she knows to let up and play the part so that she can get maybe close enough, get those keys. Yeah. We've all started talking about the brutalness of that last scene and then the uh, meeting up with Joel at the end. Like, I think it's all just spectacularly acted by Bella Ramsey. And, like, I think this was a convincing showcase of why she is such an amazing Ellie. Yeah, she's good. She's really good. So, I think she's good here. I got two things. I'm just going to be the complainer on this episode. Um, <laughs> I don't like – I guess he's a pedophile. So, I guess it's just he's not supposed to be understandable. But I don't like David's motivations here. He's just like – I'm going to make you my wife. I need a fellow leader to unburden myself with. And like, that's why I'm telling you all this shit. It's like, is this guy like already have fungus in his brain? Like who thinks like this? Like it just, <laughs> the motivation doesn't even make sense to me. Like you're like openly make this girl my second in command and romantic partner and everyone in this town is going to be okay with it. What the fuck? He's like got this weird thing where he's like, oh, you're so dangerous. You're so mature. You're so able to. Maybe it's, like, supposed to be groomer shit or something, but I'm just like, what the fuck is he doing? Are you buying this? Do you think she's buying it? What is this? Did you guys buy that he's like, ooh, you're so dangerous, and together we will, like, rule the galaxy together as pedophile and wife? Like, (laughs) I think he's so, like, evil that I just kind of tuned out, like, what he was saying or whatever. You just accept that 
Bella Ramsey's gonna fuck his shit up. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention to, like, what he was saying. I didn't even think about, like, what he said makes sense. Like, he's just clearly, like, a lunatic, It's just you know? a villain, a lunatic villain. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah. And then he jumps straight to the pedophile rape. The whole thing is just fucking insane. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's the character he's supposed to be portraying somebody who's just completely insane. But then, like, why is the village following this clearly insane man? They sort of try to show him being this charismatic leader. Mm-hmm. But then, like, he does shit like this. You're like, no one's going to follow this fucking guy. <laughs> if they committed to making him, like, you don't even have to make him good, but make him, like, a potentially believable manipulator and abuser, right? Like a gaslighter or whatever. Like, make him mm-hmm. a real dude. The yeah. way he was in the beginning of the episode where he's trying to, like, manipulate Ellie and sidle up to her and hides the fact that he already knows who she is. And, like, if they kept doing more of that shit, at least you'd be like, oh, I can see why this town – is like enthralled to this charismatic madman. He's an effective sociopathic manipulator. But he's just, on the one hand, the stern, patriarchal, religious father of the town who everyone like openly obeys and likes. And then he's also like, oh, I'm a psycho, corset worshiping, cannibal pedophile, rapist. And, and <laughs> somehow those two things doesn't fucking reconcile. The best part of the episode is when you're not sure of his motivations and like that little cat and mouse that he does with. Ellie after she's like hunting the deer that's the best part once mm-hmm. it becomes like transparent what he is it's like game over you know like yeah. he's way less interesting yeah. so is he like that in the game too like you said that he was just straight up evil in the game too after a certain point right it's kind of just like the show there is a certain point in the game where you don't know if you can trust him yet yeah so in the game there's like a really good action set piece one of the actually the hardest action set pieces in the game that you play alongside David. You and David are forced to kind of trust each other, work together, stay alive. The action itself helps to kind of ingratiate you as Ellie into this character. See, that's cool, you know? We didn't yes, really get any of that. Yeah, we didn't get show. that. But so shortly after that is when you have that sit down in front of the fire and then he kind of reveals that he knows who Ellie is. Mm. Then you start to be like, oh shit, this is not someone you can trust. And quickly, yes, after that, it all goes to hell. And like, he's absolutely the evil douchebag that you kind of see in the show. I will say that I think, and I want to talk about Amir's point a little bit, that I think two things. This is the one episode that maybe would have benefited from two episodes. Just a little bit more time with David and his cult. I think that you could have maybe like had the first episode, like what I was saying, there's an action set piece in it, trying to suss out if you can trust David. But then by the end of the episode, you learn that, you know, you can't, right? And then... Maybe the end of episode is a cliffhanger when Ellie gets captured, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second episode is when he like full-blown becomes this evil guy. And I think the show itself was trying to set up this thing that never really pays off when David and James have their conversation very early on. We're like, David's talking to James. He's like, I sense doubt. James is like, oh, no, I think everyone's good. And then he says, no, I sense doubt in you. Maybe it would have been played better if we got to see, like you guys are saying, the town and how much... They trust David and why they trust David. And then Mm. for then maybe some of the townspeople didn't start to question that by the second episode, right? And then us as an audience would understand like why this person needs to die. But uh, I will say when I first saw episode eight, I did feel it was a little rushed telling the story of David. But in the end, I did think it hit all the beats similar to the games. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's trying to get you to that final point where Ellie is cleavering a dude. And then uh, here's another problem with the cleavering of the dude thing is that that like clearly and, and again, like we're moving on a, just touch into episode nine. And that clearly is a turning point to her. Like that's a 
clearly very traumatic, awful moment for her. Um, having yes. to cleave with this guy and all the shit he said he was going to do to her. And like the whole thing is fucking awful. And so she's notably traumatized in, in episode nine. A different. She's changed after this episode, uh, after this thing that she does and this thing that happens to her. But I think it works better if Ellie isn't as like violent as she is throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. There isn't this sudden transition from an innocent to like now she's a brutal killer. Like it feels like, and maybe this is not true, but it feels like she's been murking guys all along right there with Joel. They both have a kill count of like 300 people. Like it just feels <laughs> like, you know, oh, this is just another one in the long line of people she's murdered, which maybe that's not fair, but just it feels that way. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get it. And I wanted to talk about this because I think very early on throughout this whole season, I've been like trying to track this difference in the Ellie in the game and then the Ellie in the show. The Ellie in the show is different in the sense that it seems like she enjoys violence. Like she's almost trying to seek it, constantly wanting the gun. You know, when she goes down in that little underground cellar or whatever in the gas station, like stabs that zombie in the head. And Mm -hmm. then this sense of excitement when she gets to see like Joel beating on people. This was not really there in the games. When you're in the games, like she is capable and yes she is killing right she's helping you kill but i I think they added that addition because they wanted you to feel a certain way about the ellie that comes in before this moment right i think it was trying to say like oh ellie wanted the violence not knowing exactly what that meant sure and then there is definitely the change afterwards once she actually does the act kind of maybe regretting the person that she thought she wanted to be. Mm. And I think that the show was really trying to hammer that home. I don't know if that completely works because I think the Ellie in the game is way more innocent by this point. And then the, the, when you see that stark contrast, when you do the time jump and she's just zoning out and she's just not happy anymore in the games, I think that contrast worked for me better than it does in the show. I could see that. Yeah, I kind of yeah. wish they did that for hearing you talk about it. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if... Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann are the best people to be running this show. <laughs> well, let's talk about Neil Druckmann first, because I think he's a little too close to the game, and he knows the beats. He's very attached to the beats that he wants to cover on the show. But because he's worked so long on the games, I feel like he's more focused on getting those beats and getting them the best way possible in terms of the acting and the production design and all that stuff and having maximum impact without really thinking about the connective tissue in between them. And I think, like, that's probably an issue where, like I said, people who've played the games, you know, they can fill in their video game knowledge and, like, what they've experienced playing the video game into the show. So it's not as jarring. But for, like, someone like me who's never played the game, everything just seems a little disjointed and rushed. Mm. And I think part of that is, like, The nine episodes, right? Like, why is it nine episodes? I mean, I know the answer because originally the first episode, the pilot, was supposed to be two episodes, but HBO made them combine it into one. Did you know that? Yes. I did Um, not know that. So the first episode was supposed to end after the flash forward and Joel burns the kid. They made them condense both those plot lines into one episode. So that's why there's nine episodes instead of ten. I feel like we need more time with both Joel and Ellie 
especially because they want to do the Ellie Riley stuff. They want to do episode three, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Bill and Frank. Yeah, yeah with Bill so and really Frank. you've got the first episode doesn't count. The third and seventh episodes kind of don't count. So you've got five episodes to make this work in order to set up for the final episode. Yeah, and Joel's like unconscious for an episode and a half, you know? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. They don't have that much space. I totally get what you're saying. I think combining those initial episodes, I think, is fine. I don't yeah, care I think about that's the fine. Pre- like, in the end, Joel pre-Ellie isn't what this story is about. So, like, it's yeah. fine that they combine I'm totally that. fine with that, yeah. I agree. But I agree with you. I think they need to reintroduce that 10th episode somewhere in this plot line so you just have a little more space or they just need to like i don't know make you care about the ellie and joel plot line earlier like you can do it it doesn't have to be eight episodes in where we're finally like aha now these people are feeling this bond like you can do it earlier like movies do this in two or three hours like it doesn't have to take nine hours also i want to see more infected yeah, ultimately, we didn't actually see much infected this season. So, so that's an interesting point, Jeff, because I've been reading a little bit about what people are saying about the show. And a lot of people who are into the game seem to be saying, like, wow, there's like not enough infected at all. They've completely changed the mm-hmm. tone. Like, this was an action game. There was a lot of zombie killing. And then this show is completely not that. And from what I've read, it's a very, very intentional choice that they really wanted to make the zombies, I don't know, hit harder because they were used more sparingly. Okay, so I listened to the podcast where um, Craig Bazin was talking about this, or it was an interview or something, mm-hmm. and I listened to it, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He <laughs> <laughs> was like, I just wanted them to be like the White Walkers from Game of Thrones, just this looming threat in the background. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? The Cordyceps zombies and the White Walkers are completely, like, functionally different on The Last of Us versus, like, Game of Thrones. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Absolutely. Game of Thrones is mostly about politics with the White Walkers looming in the background, where the Cordyceps stuff is like, they've already destroyed the world, you know what I mean? And that's like the primary threat. So I feel like he's misunderstanding what the White Walkers' purpose are in Game of Thrones, you know what I mean? I think he's probably just saying that because they don't use the White Walkers that often, right? Yeah. Yeah. They don't show up that often in the show if you think about it. Not until at least maybe like season, what, six or seven is when they become the actual main antagonist. Right, but they're the looming apocalyptic threat to come, whereas, uh, as Jeff said, the Cordyceps zombies have already taken over the world. We're already after that point, right? Yeah. So This all goes back to what you guys are saying. I I think they could have extended this David storyline and then still had that action set piece I was talking about. That happens with David because – you know, that would have brought some cordyceps into the last couple episodes of this. Mm-hmm. And it just would have give more time for the David and Ellie cult stuff. Again, it does take away from like Joel and Ellie because there would be an, been another episode where Joel was just kind of laying on the ground. So like maybe that wouldn't have been the best. But yeah, I think there just need to be more there. Yeah, you're right. But you know what? Even that would be better because I think from the moment that Ellie goes missing and then Joel finds her, wakes up and finds her and interrogates those dudes. It feels like it's five seconds. Yeah. If you Mm -hmm. stretch that out across two episodes and just have Joel really be in despair about like, oh, where's Ellie? I can't find her. These fucking cannibal nutjobs have her and I need to go and rescue her. Even that builds that relationship more than like the five minutes that she's gone. Yeah. 
No, and I totally agree. Like, if he had a whole episode where he was trying to find her, yeah. that would have worked, I think, a little bit better. Here's another thing, too. You're talking about the cannibal assholes. Joel doesn't even know they're cannibals until he shows up to the town and yeah, sees yeah, the that's corpses. Right. Like, mm-hmm. he brutally tortures and slaughters those dudes. And I feel like it makes more sense if he does that, if he knows that their leader is a cannibal pedophile cordyceps worshiper, right? Like, mm. if they're like, Ellie's going to be made into fucking beef jerky back in our town, motherfucker, <laughs> or whatever. I don't really agree not, with I that agree because with that, yeah. I think it's better for him to be, like, ruthless without him knowing that because, like I said, that's good for, like, ramping up into, like, episode nine. I think the mistake is letting us know that they're mm-hmm. cannibals and David is, like, a freak, you know? Huh. And that's where it tips the hand where, you know, when David's, like, torture and killing them, we're already on his side and, like, we already know that these people are bad news. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like Joel knows what he needs to know, right? Like, Ellie comes, tells him, like, hey, someone's after me. Someone comes down here. You kill him. Right? And, like, his goal is just to find Ellie. Like, these people have clearly taken Ellie. That didn't bother me, I guess. Yeah. It sounds like we're super down on this episode. I mean, it sounds like you two uh, are. That's just me. <laughs> the individual beats in this show are still very good. Mm-hmm. The things that they focus on and they want us to like really like, I still really like. I like Joel's interrogation and stuff. I like the brutality of it. I think it's kind of funny where the guy's like, hey, I told you everything I know. And he's like, it's okay. I believe him or whatever, you know? Yeah. And he fucking domes him with that pipe. It's good stuff. I like a good... Taken style interrogation. I think it's cool in Taken where it's like a band of like scummy sex trackers have your daughter. I don't know if it's uh-huh. cool in this where it's a bunch of presumably misled villagers or whatever. Who you're like, yeah, but he doesn't know that. He sees a guy who's coming in there. Ellie's like, someone comes down here, kill him, and you believe Ellie. He should be believing Ellie, right? Ellie's not trying to lead him astray. And the guy's coming down there with a gun. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I'm not saying they're there to, like, make friends with him and shit. But, like, I don't know. It just seems super adversarial for, like, zero reason. Maybe the whole, like, torture a dude and then kill two guys in cold blood. Maybe he didn't need to do that. But, like Jeff said, it's a cool scene. And then I feel like, in a way, it kind of works against the next episode because, like... Oh, it's just Joel on another fucking rampage murdering a million people. Like, I don't know. I do want to praise, I know we've talked about it, the murder of David, but then also the scene that falls right after. Like, I think that scene where Joel is there and embraces her and, like, the way Ellie is trying to, like, struggle because she doesn't know it's Joel yet. But then once she, like, realizes who it is, the way he says, baby girl, I got you. That really worked for me. And I'm curious to know if that worked for you guys. It worked for me. I think they acted the shit out of it. Yeah. I don't think the baby girl is earned. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? He sells it, but up until that point, I'm not 100% with the progression of that relationship. I know the baby girl line is supposed to be like a huge deal. Mm -hmm. People freaking out about it online. Didn't really feel it, though. You know what I mean? She earned that baby girl by killing somebody. (laughs) (laughs) They acted the hell out of it, though. I'll give them that. That was Bella Ramsey top-notch work there. I think she's she's fantastic. I think we should shift into episode nine when we get to the beginning of episode nine. You know, there's clearly a time jump, but then a lot of what we are seeing acted by the two characters has been let in, you know, from what happened episode eight, right? They're finally in Utah. They're finally uh, in Salt Lake City looking for this Firefly Hospital and... Clearly, something has changed in Ellie. She's much more quiet. She seems a little bit more reserved. And she doesn't seem focused. She kind of really seems out of it. 
But then Joel is also different now a little bit, right? He's way more open about Sarah. He's trying to crack jokes with Ellie. He wants her to read from the pun book. Yeah, yeah. See, all more character beats that I don't feel are earned. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Also, I mean, maybe not unearned because of what happened in episode eight, but like it's not given time to breathe before like the final set piece in the hospital. Yeah. You spend five minutes with them in their new headspaces and then they're immediately taken hostage by the fireflies and then Ellie's unconscious for the rest of the episode. You know yeah. what I mean? They're like blasting through this plot. Do Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann even like the first game? I think they just <laughs> want to get to the second game, maybe? That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. I mean, the way they talk about this show, I know you're joking, but they really do love this game. And I think what you're trying to yeah. say about Neil Druckmann being too close, I also do think that maybe Craig Mazin's just a, little a little too close, too close. maybe too, because... He really loves his source material, and he, I think, probably made the decision with Neil Druckmann for a lot of the, like, how close to stick to the game. And it does stick really close to the game, especially these last two episodes. Yeah. And it sticks so close in the sense that there actually isn't much plot after the David stuff. Mm. And that's why this episode feels so rushed, because a lot of the hospital at the end is all action. So, like, there isn't really anywhere to fill that in with more story beats other than what we see in this show, where they get ambushed and taken captive by the Fireflies, and then Joel has to go on a rampage to, like, get to Ellie, right? Mm -hmm. But before we get to the hospital part, there is a really big moment that happens that they replicated also in the show was the moment with the giraffe. Yeah, I loved that moment. And it's a moment I knew about. Because I guess I never played these games, but like they're very popular. So they're always in like, I don't know, gaming news and shit always popping up. And I was like, I'm never going to play them. So whatever, I would click or read. And so I knew this giraffe thing was something that was from the games. And I thought it was a beautiful moment. It was cool. When I was watching with Ashley, we were like, fucking CG giraffe. That looks terrible. <laughs> and then it was a real giraffe. I can't even tell what's CG and what's not anymore. Wait, that was a real giraffe? Yeah, real giraffe. I saw behind-the-scenes footage. It was a blue screen with a real giraffe. They were feeding a real-ass fucking giraffe. That's cool as hell. So I think the problem is probably the blue screen and not the actual giraffe. Maybe that's what it was. The backdrop of the The city behind it. The city maybe doesn't look so great. I think maybe that's what it is. Well, the funny thing is, and when you said that reaction, I was like, man, I thought the giraffe looked really good for CG. <laughs> and now you're telling me it's actually a drill giraffe. I think that's like a super sweet, tender moment in the games. Yeah. I think they captured that moment really well here, uh, especially like the contrast, even just like the scene before where we're seeing like Ellie all down and like, and to see her like smiling again and see her giggling and laughing, I thought that was a really, really sweet moment. See, I think if they sprinkled just like four or five more of those moments throughout this entire season with Joel and Ellie, mm-hmm. I think it would have been way easier to swallow all yeah. the stuff that happens in like the last two episodes, mm-hmm. you know, or like this last episode. Oh, actually, sorry, before we even get to all of this, we should talk about the open, right? Yeah. That's not in the game, is it? So this is not in the games, right? So. We meet the character of Anna, which is Ellie's mom. Uh, we don't ever meet her in the game. We've only ever heard of her mentioned uh, mostly by the Marlene character because, you know, like the show has established, they are friends. And she's played by the wonderful Ashley Johnson, who was the voice actor for Ellie in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to get one person to play Ellie's mom, it has to be her. And 
the way Ellie sounds is the way Ashley Johnson sounds, right? So, like, when you mm-hmm. hear her grunting, like, up the stairs as she's trying to, like, not have this baby it's pop like out of her. Video like, game sound effects. It sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like she's. Game. It was Ellie. I was like, man, that's Ellie right there. And it's like, it is very meta in a way. And it's really cool that they got her to play the mom. And I, I love the scene. I don't know if we needed it, per se. You know, as mm-hmm. a video game fan, like, I don't ever think I needed to know why Ellie's immune. I totally agree. I hated that. I thought it was so oh, stupid. Really? Trying to get, like, the science. Like, who cares? She's immune. She's immune. I didn't care, but it didn't bother me. Yeah. I like a little bit of mystique to, like, I don't know, the mythology behind Ellie and stuff. <laughs> like, you don't need to know why she's immune. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The pregnant lady in the apocalypse, like, giving birth in a climactic scene or whatever is... Like, probably as much of a cliche as all the David shit from the episode before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the Christian preacher who turns out to be an evil guy or whatever. It's so fucking boring. But I don't know. This one didn't bother me as much as the David shit. I don't know why. I kind of did like the little vignette. It's as bad as you guys are saying, but I liked it. <laughs> I'm kind of with Amir. Like, it didn't bother me, but I honestly did not need it. Like, I didn't need it. I didn't need it. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, what I did like was, you know, a lot of the game, Marlene's character talks about their friendship. But, like, I did find this moment really sweet and tender. And, like, I really liked the, just even the small interaction we got with, between Anna and Marlene to understand, like, Anna was an important person in Marlene's life. And she was there for Ellie at birth, right? Like, she's been trying to look after this kid in a way since she was born. So, like, I think having that backstory was really nice for that character. Yeah, that really worked for me because that through line all the way to the end of the episode, Marlene's like, you think I want to do this to Ellie? I love Ellie. I've known her, like, her entire life. I was there the day she was born, you Mm -hmm. know? And to, like, actually see that, it actually makes that hit a little bit more, and I like that. And, you know, like, I've already spoken my piece. Part of it could have done without, but then if you're going to add something, there was something there worth adding for that Mm -hmm. open. Getting back to episode nine, so one addition, again, man, this show makes me questions if I, like, didn't find everything in the game and if I need to go back and find find (laughs) something that I might have missed, but I don't remember in the game Joel ever explaining his scar that he got. It's a well-known thing that you see a scar on his head, but, like, in the game, I don't ever remember finding out how he got it. The line Mm. is said in the game... Like, hey, someone shot at me, they missed, and that's what happened. I don't know if I was supposed to infer that that means he tried to commit suicide. But, I mean, the Mm. show made it very clear that that's what happens, right? He opens up about his past and his willingness to, like, end his own life because he just felt like there was nothing else to live for. One thing that they, not forgotten about, but, like, kind of just not had in this show is that in the game... There's like a picture of, and I think we see it early in in the very first episode. There's a picture between Sarah and Joel. And that picture comes back. In the game, Tommy, you know, has a line where he says, I went back to Texas. I picked up some of our stuff. And he gives Joel the picture of Sarah and him. And like he crumbles it away and throws it away. Because he at that moment, he can't deal with that pain still. And then Mm -hmm. this is the moment in the game right here when they're talking. He, He somehow gets the photo. And hands it back to Joel. And, like, Joel at this moment can accept the photo and talks about Sarah. That's the change in his character. Being able to talk about Sarah, but also being able to, like, see her image and still now be okay. I think they've kind of replaced that with, like, him being able to open up about his scar and, like, how much it did hurt him that Sarah was gone and that he tried to take his own life. I mean, 
I, I think the acting here was great by Pedro Pascal. The pain that I feel like that's coming from his acting and then the moment Ellie's like, oh, it was time that helped, right? He's like, no, it's not time. It was something else. That look that they have, like, I thought that was, I thought that was great. Um, but I'm, I'm curious what you guys thought about that moment. Uh, that worked for me too. I'm going to preempt Jeff and say, yes, maybe it was rushed and unearned, but I think it still worked. Now, I know they skipped to the end of the book, but I still kind of like the ending. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It worked for me. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, it worked. That worked for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly the overarching like direction of this final episode and just the pacing of it that I have yes. issues with it. Again, it's the individual beats that are paid attention to and they want us to like it and we do like it. But I don't know, just something about the pacing of it is just a little too clipped. I would say I have issues with pacing in this episode too. And that's specifically with the hospital stuff, which you know we could talk yeah. about now already kind of mentioned it they get captured and then joel and marlene have a conversation right basically marlene tells him that hey ellie is the cure right or she is the potential cure that you know we can process something from her that would potentially be a signal to like the cordyceps saying like hey where well, i'm immune mm-hmm. but in the process it would have to kill ellie right because what we know is that the cordyceps infection takes place in the brain so to extract anything useful they would have to probably open her up and like take parts of her brain and it would kill her Marlene understands that. So does Joel. Marlene is kind of that side is like, hey, I love this kid, but I'm willing to sacrifice her if that means the rest of the world, like everybody else gets to have a happy life. I I do think that the show has done a good job in establishing Joel doesn't care about anybody else but him and his family. And Ellie is his family now, right? Essentially his new daughter. And he doesn't care that taking her away from this and not letting her die means that the rest of the world is going to have to suffer. He goes on a rampage through this hospital killing everybody to get back to Ellie, right? What are your guys' thoughts? Jeff, I mean, you you talked about pacing issues. So let me know what you thought about this. My issue with this last set piece, this rampage through the hospital, it's really like a systemic issue with this whole show where Things that I don't really care about that they didn't really make an effort to make you care about is supposed to like shade Joel's character. Mm-hmm. I think this whole rampage throughout the hospital, you're supposed to feel like this is a fucking awful thing that he's doing for this relationship with Ellie that I don't totally buy. Mm-hmm. So I kind of didn't care that he was murking all these fireflies, <laughs> you know, like it didn't seem like such an awful thing. Like, they needed to, like, I don't know, flesh out the Firefly some way. Like, I knew how the show wanted me to feel, and I didn't feel it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What about you, Amir? I thought it worked for me. I thought the show did a good job of portraying what Joel is doing as a bad thing. And I think um, it's a little rushed, but I, I, I do think it worked. Like, I think this is the, I don't know, this is the killing spree <laughs> <laughs> in the show that works the best for me. Right? Like, this is the one. This is the plot-relevant one. It's the one with some emotional and, like, moral ethical stakes. I don't know. This totally works for me. Like, the I don't know. The lack of realism of it, of him being able to murder all these guys, doesn't bother me because, like, this has to happen. This is the, where all of it was going. And for me, it works. You know, I guess I kind of – I've said before that because I did read a little bit about the game. I did kind of know this is where it was all going to go in the end. So, I, it wasn't like this mm-hmm. was a surprise or anything, right? It's not like Ned Stark died in Game of Thrones or something. You go, oh, no. I didn't know that was going to happen. But I think it worked. It felt like someone put in a cheat code, gave Joel god mode. Um, <laughs> Wait, is that not what it's like in the game? 
you're supposed to struggle. Every shot he was taking was hitting the dudes and every other person was making like body art around him, right? Like they're just shooting him and it's just hitting the wall <laughs> behind him, right? For Greg Mason to say like the action isn't quite as important sometimes in the show is a little bit of a disservice to the game because like I think the game is a great action game too. Like you're supposed to feel the sense of like I need to get there to save Ellie right at this point in the game Mm -hmm. it's not just like you kill 10 guys and you're done like you're playing through this hospital there's different levels to this hospital that you're playing i kind of wish there was a little bit more action rather than this half slow-mo montage where he's like just walking like terminator style through the hospital and like murking everybody Mm -hmm. i think that's the pacing issues i get from this episode but i do like the moment where he gets into the actual room and just the look on his face is just so determined he's like the scariest motherfucker i've like ever seen in that moment where the doctor's like I'm not going to let you take this person. And then he's not even and looking he's just like, at him. okay, yeah, bang, boom. shoot you yeah. in the head, you know? He's not even looking at the guy. He's like, okay, bang. You know, all the other attendants are like, of course they let him take Ellie. And I like the moment in the garage, right? It happens pretty much exactly like in the game where Marlene's there to try to stop Joel and say like, hey, you got to think about this. You got to think about what it means for the world. You got to think about what would maybe Ellie wants. Joel makes that decision, point blank shoots Marlene and leaves with Ellie. I do think there is a, a nice addition in the car. There's a line addition in the car where Ellie's like, where's my clothes? And he's like, oh, the Raiders came and we had to leave really quick. I, I don't remember that in the game because I always remember I was joking. I think with my fiance and I was playing it. I was like, doesn't she think it's weird that she's still wearing her gown? Mm. If it was a peaceful end, wouldn't they have given her her clothes so that she could change into them before they left? Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff that Joel didn't really think about. Like, if you're going to spin this lie, you got to tie up all your loose ends. Those two nurses that he left alive should have fucking taken care <laughs> of them, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on, you can't be leaving loose ends. <laughs> I'm sure, like, the Doctor is not an important character and, like, there's nothing really going to happen in the fallout from (laughs) killing the Doctor, right? (laughs) There's no important character related to that Doctor who's going to come back and bite Joel in the ass. They're just going to go off and learn guitar and it's happily ever after. That's... (laughs) Part two is just Guitar Hero, I think. Is that that right? (laughs) It's Rock rock Band. They start a family rock band. Uh... I mean, the the ending of the show is very, very similar to the ending of the game. You know, they have the little conversation in the car, but then right before they get back to the town of Jackson, you know, Ellie's not dumb. And she questions Joel and saying, like, you swear to me that you're telling the truth that when you said, I'm not going to be important for the cure. And he says, I swear. And then it cuts the black. Like, that's exactly pretty much Mm -hmm. how the game ends. I know when the original game came out, that was a little controversial. A lot of people didn't like the fact that Joel lies to her. I liked it a lot. It's like the, probably the most interesting thing the show does mm-hmm. yeah. so far. Like it's the best thing in the story so far. Like it's yeah. great. I almost wish that Joel went a little harder with the lie and that he just goes yes. And, I don't know. Sworn on like his dead daughter or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like to really like. Yeah. Right. Like something like that. I know that's a cliche too, but like yeah. whatever. We're, we're doing cliches in this show. So like just do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it worked for me. I think all in all, this ninth episode is some of the best shit the show's done. That ending completely works for me. Mm-hmm. It's just the lead up to the episode. Like, the episode itself is good. I think the episode itself, if the lead up to it was better and more fleshed out, this would have been the perfect season finale, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's pretty strong. Maybe, like, the episode itself isn't rushed, but everything leading up to it, I felt, was a little clipped. Yeah, it feels like they didn't have the time to do all the setup for the ending that they wanted to lead you to. It seems like 
now that this is out of the way, they can really do part two, which is what they really wanted to do. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I do think people really love part one. If anything, I think yeah, more people yeah, actually yeah. love part one than part two. I mean, definitely going to be a controversy when we talk about part two. They've already kind of talked about it. And like, there's been hints that part two will potentially is going to take two seasons to adapt part two. Good. Is it good? I heard that and I was like, ugh, why do you need to stretch everything out? It's like the fucking I don't want, I can't say anything without again. giving away spoilers, but there is a reason why and how they could do it. Is it a bigger game than part one? I think it's a little longer. Because to me, this seems like when they took The Hobbit, which is like the shortest of all of them, made it into three movies. You know, is it not that, or do you think there's enough material for them to do two seasons of this? There, there is, there is. I know what happens, basically. And you know why it splits into two seasons. Yeah, so I think... It makes sense for them to split it in two seasons. Do I have any faith that they're going to pull it <laughs> off? And, like, the material's way more challenging than yes. part one mm-hmm. in terms of ethics and, like, the morals and, like, all this stuff and how challenging the story is. I don't know why people didn't like it. I mean, like, this is, like, some really, really just stuff in the gray here yeah. that I really, really liked. So you're talking about you didn't play it, but you you know kind of what happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't play it. I have a little bit of an idea of what happens. I definitely uh-huh. don't remember all the details. I do understand that there's going to be some kind of revenge, maybe not redemption, but sort of a revenge arc, and it's going to all be about sort of the futility of violence and in taking revenge, uh-huh. which I think is always a worthy theme to explore, which I think the first season doesn't maybe do enough to hit on. So yeah. I look forward to season two, actually. Yeah. If what I yeah. think it's about is what it's about, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, just to kind of maybe close out this episode, like, I think, you know, my knowledge is a little bit more full in the sense of some of the things that maybe you guys have felt were a little bit missing in this season. But I do Uh agree. I think there are highs and lows. Like, not everything has worked for me in this season. But ultimately, like, I think the development of the Joel and Ellie stuff does work for me. Like, I think the acting is spectacular uh, by these two main leads. But then we also saw some spectacular acting in episode three. I still really love the stuff they did with, like, Sam and Henry in episode five. Ultimately, I still really did like the show, and I am very excited for a second season. Yeah, I do like the show. Before everyone gets on my ass about being a hater, I'm not being a hater. I do like the show. I am rooting for it. I hope they can, you know, just flesh out some of the connective tissue in the second season. Really just get things to, like, snap together better. And I think that's way more crucial in the second season than the first season. I mean, like, in part two then versus part one. So I really do hope they pull it off. I hope they listen to some of the criticisms that people have had about the show and really, like, think about the writing and, like, flesh things out. I was going to say, like, I think, to Amir's point, though, extending out part two into two seasons will also give it some room to maybe, like you say, stretch things out a little bit or add a little bit more. Versus where I feel like they were trying to do so much, trying to capture so much of part one in this first season that uh-huh. they're trying to get to those points as naturally as they can. But some of those don't work, right? We've already talked about like maybe some episodes need to be two episodes, you know, or some parts need to be cut or we needed to add this back, you know, like. Sure. I think hopefully with maybe part two being two seasons that, like I said, I think it does make sense to split into two parts, but then also maybe it does have some room where we can add a little bit, help to flush out all the things that I think it needs to be flushed out for maybe part two. Uh, Amir, what were your overall thoughts of this first season? Um, I think I liked it the least of all of us. It's not a show where I'm like, ooh, thank God, The Last of Us. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like There were some shows last year that I loved, House of the Dragon or Andor, where I was like, 
super pumped to watch them, you know, every time they were on. This isn't that, but I still did enjoy it. And I'm still very much looking forward to season two. Like, I mean, yeah. as much as I didn't love this, like, it's not bad, right? It's well done. I can see why a lot of people love it. I can see why people hate it. I can see why if you love the games, you might be disappointed. I can see why if you love the games, you might be very happy. I don't know. It's in a place where I could see people having a lot of different opinions on it and them all kind of being valid. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's not an A plus for me, but it's, you know, it's pretty good. It's fine. All right. Well, I think. You know, that we've given all our thoughts. That would conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me in Salt Lake City doing a brain biopsy without doing any other workup whatsoever. <laughs> you can find me at the World's Okayest Photos and Screen Agents Guild. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other popular apps if you are listening to us on apple Podcasts or spotify please do us a favor and give us a great rating it really helps to get our podcast out to more people yeah if any questions comments suggestions on our episode on the final two episodes of the last of us the first season feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com we like getting listener mail sometimes we read it out on the pod so with that uh we will see you guys next week see you next week everybody see you guys then